You are listening to the podcast from Mosaic Church. Stay tuned after it for more info about how to get and stay connected with our church family. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Welcome to Mosaic Church today. I'm so glad you're here, thrilled you're here. If you're brand new, first time online or in the room, you couldn't have picked a better Sunday to be here. And right about now, you're probably thinking, what about that shirt? What about that shirt? Well, there's a story behind it. I'm going to come back to it in just a minute. Well, like I said, my name is Morgan. I'm going to be a bit of your MC, your tour guide here through today. It's going to be a little bit different today. Uh, I'm going to be bringing you three different kinds of updates as to what Mosaic Church is doing as a part of uh, around the world as well as here locally. First, we're going to have an international update. Then secondly, a local update, something we're doing here in the community. And finally, something that's going to take the majority of our time today and will be in place of a typical sermon or message, and that's going to be an update as to what Mosaic Church is doing right here in the, these walls, so to speak, on our campus, on our property. You're going to be hearing from uh, a couple of folks, and at the end of our Mosaic update, if you will, actually, we're going to be doing a very special, today only, one-time special financial ask. Be concluding today with asking you to consider giving towards something online or in the room, and I hope by the time you're done today, you'll feel like, yes, I would love to contribute towards that kind of vision. It's going to be exciting. All right, so let's begin here with our first update. It's an international update, all right? So if you didn't know, Mosaic Church is part of a global spiritual family called Every Nation, and Every Nation exists to plant spirit-filled, Christ-centered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation and campus around the world. And if, you're, if you've been around for a bit, you may know I was privileged and fortunate enough to go to, over the last sort of 10 days, to South Africa for our Southern Africa Build Conference. It has roughly 500 delegates from, uh, of course, South Africa, Namibia, Botswana, uh, and other nations, which I'll get to. Uh, But yeah, it was a great thing to be there, privileged to be there under African skies, come on, on African soil, drinking that African coffee. But the best part of all was, of course, and is the African people. And one of my friends there, pastor of the Every Nation Johannesburg, gave me this shirt as a thank you and a gift for coming and being there. Yeah. But let me take you through a, a few stories quickly and highlights from what God's doing globally here in the Southern Africa region. Uh, first, I got a little shot here, a little video of the conference of worship there. And uh, yeah, you can see folks are dancing and excited. That guy leading worship across the stage is the leader of the house band there in Johannesburg, a band called We Will Worship. They're amazing. You should go check them out. Not right now. When you get home uh, on YouTube, a bunch of great lyric videos, of course, streaming uh, services, uh, wherever you find music, you can get their stuff. They're called We Will Worship. We'll be doing one of their songs next week on Pentecost Pentecost Sunday. It'll be in English and in Zulu. Yeah, so get your popcorn ready, so to speak. It's going to be a great time. Next uh, shot is of myself with a group of pastors there around Africa. The the sort of thinner gentleman there in the middle with the ENC sweatshirt, is his name is Ronnie. Uh, And Ronnie grew up as the youngest of six children. He was an orphan when his father left his family. His mother gave him up to uh, Compassion International. So come on, Compassion people. If you give towards Compassion, thank you for doing that. Ronnie was raised in that environment. Came to Christ as a college student through campus ministry and had a powerful moment. When he graduated from college, of course, first in his family to ever do so, um, he invited his father, a strange father, to come to the graduation. Father said no. He was too ashamed, uh, too embarrassed to come after how he treated his family. But Ronnie said no. He said, Jesus forgave me and I have forgiven you. 
forgiven you. So they reconciled. It's a powerful moment. Ronnie now pastors our Every Nation Church in Uganda in the city of Kampala. So he's right there in Kampala. He's doing an amazing work there for sure. Uh, next shot is of someone named by the name of Jean Baptiste or JB as his friends call him. Uh, and he's from Burundi. Uh, Burundi there in southern Africa. And uh, a couple of decades ago when the war in Rwanda, the genocide there, when the violence all spilled over into his neighboring nation of Burundi, Jean Baptiste left with his family for of all places, Manila in the Philippines, where our largest every nation church is. 90,000 people, one of the largest churches in the world. 14 locations, changing that country. They're doing a great job. But he sat there week after week hearing the preaching of a good friend of mine, Dr. June Escasar, great missiologist, who preached to him about the vision of planting churches and reaching nations and seeing people come to faith. And from your own background, and week after week, he knew that God was calling him and moved back. So he left his lucrative telecommunications job in Manila, moved his family back to Burundi, and he pastors our church there uh, now. So he's a great man. I, when I looked at him, I said, our church is praying for you. Because we've been, we've been praying for the nations of the world, praying for Burundi. He got tears in his eyes. He said, tell your church thank you. So thank you, church. Appreciate that. Next picture. That's where I was a week ago today. I had the privilege to minister and preach there in a little city called Pachevstrom or Potch for short, way easier for us Americans, we Americans that is. And uh, Potch is basically the college station of South Africa, around 80,000 people, but with a significant university there. And it was actually at that university there in Potchefstroom where the system of apartheid was conceived and hatched and launched. Apartheid was their system of racial oppression that the Afrikaans people used to oppress the African people there in South Africa. Uh, but uh, that team there now has an amazing multi-ethnic church there, three services. Uh, Pre-COVID, about five to 700 college students meet on the campus, multi-ethnic, multilingual, and I had the privilege to preach about loving people across racial lines there. Uh, it, was, it was powerful, and I was glad to do it. And the last shot, I'm not sure how this all came together. But I think if I were to, you know, if I, when I die and go to heaven uh, and uh, I'm, on a, I'm on some kind of like heavenly trading card, a baseball card, that'd be my photo from the 2021 season. Uh, and so, again, not sure how that I came together, but I thought that was a good time right there. So anyway, give God a hand for what he's doing. South Africa, a lot of fun. Yeah, so there's our international update. International update. Second is a local update. Something is happening in the community. If you'll flash back with me a couple of months ago, back to when our winter storm was here in February, we all remember that, how terrible it was, how uh, challenging it all was. Uh, during that week of that storm, so many of you gave. You gave your time, you gave your money, you gave your resources, and because of our collective efforts, it began to attract the attention of a number of other organizations and churches. We received a large financial gift from our Every Nation family in Washington, D.C. They gave us a large gift, uh, Ian Church in Orlando. Orlando, Florida, Pastor Keith Tower. Some of you may know him. His name is again Keith Tower, world's most aptly named human being. He's literally seven foot tall. Tower, seven foot, former NBA athlete, of course. Uh, but his church gave us a large financial gift. And third, our friends just down the road here at Grace 360 gave us a large financial gift. Since that time, we've been giving it out into the community, helping relocate families, groceries, bills, hotels, furniture, all those kind of things. But one partnership in particular we're very proud of and wanted to assist was our partnership just across the road with Deer Park Middle School. For years there, we've mentored at-risk students there. I've mentored a young man there for years. We've done teacher appreciation moments, but when the storm hit, you may know they suffered catastrophic damage. 
in their facility, in their building. It was terrible and awful. Was, things exploded. It looked like a bomb went off uh, inside. And so during that, during that week, I reached out to the principal, Principal Jonathan Smith, and asked, hey, could we possibly contribute towards your, uh, your, your school's efforts there to restore the building, some of your facility stuff. He said, unfortunately, no. The district won't allow us to receive finances towards sort of insurance claims, so you can't do it. I said, all right. So we thought, well, what could we do? Because we want to make sure we care for that school as best we can. And so we had the idea, well, what if, what if we put the money right in the teacher's hands? If we give towards them because so many of them lost school supplies during the storm, district's not going to replace that. Many teachers, as you know, they're amazing. They're heroes. They, they give out of their own pockets, pay out of their own paychecks to provide school supplies for, their, for children in their classrooms. And so we went around and bought $10,000 worth of Target gift cards for school supplies. That's $100, $100 cards. And by the way, if you were to go try this, a Target will think you're committing fraud. And so we found that up, they actually, we had to go around to a bunch of Targets around the area because we couldn't all, you know, the store wouldn't let us spend 10 grand. Come on, Target. But anyway, respect our policies. Uh, but we, so we showed up uh, the other week with $10,000 worth of school supply gift cards for the teachers, gave it to the principal. He's blown away. The teacher started posting about this on social media. One thing leads to another. We're soon talking to a reporter from KXN, KXAN, our local NBC affiliate. And last Friday, Mosaic Church was on the news. Here is a little recap of that. Some schools across Central Texas are still struggling to make repairs resulting from the winter storms. In February, we took you inside a Round Rock ISD campus to show you what they were up against. And since then, support has been flooding in. KXAN's education reporter Alex Capriello shows us how the renovations are going. This was Deer Park Middle School immediately after the winter storm. This is the school now, almost three months later. We're getting there, man. We are getting there. The gymnasium is gutted. Teachers share space in the library. And even the principal works out of a broom closet. Working together as a team, uh, sacrificing for one another, but most importantly, sacrificing for the children. This situation led Mosaic Church to action. Seeing our KXAN news report in February, the congregation began fundraising. And they were successful. I couldn't believe it. I was in disbelief and shock. Watch Principal Smith's reaction when the minister delivers 100 gift cards. All right, Principal Smith, this is about $10,000 worth of gift cards for your teachers. All right, how can we help? We can't be there to change anything. We can't be there to fix pipes. But we just want to give. And so they just gave so that they can help in some type of way. It's the congregations from our friends in other cities and other states. Way of saying thanks to every single staff member. Also, a hang in there while renovations continue. Principal Smith says everything should be back to normal by the first day of school. Knowing that our community has been there for us and is going to be there for us is just another reason why we rise. Yeah, praise God. Thank you. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your generosity. We, in effort, we enable or endeavor to be great stewards with all that you give us, and your giving goes so far in our local community, so thank you for that. All right. Our final update today, and again, something that's going to take the majority of our time, something that we will conclude today, as I mentioned, with a special financial ask for, is something really cool that's been going on here at Mosaic over the past year. This is going to be our final update in two parts. You're going to be hearing from two different people. First of all, you're going to be hearing in just a moment from Leah Hargrave. Leah and Lance Hargrave are, are, have been members here at Mosaic for many years. Uh, Leah is a deacon. She leads Mosaic Street Ministry. Second person you'll be hearing from is 
Pastor Wendell Williams. He's our pastor of student ministries. That's middle school and high school. All right, so first we're going to be hearing from, from Leah. You know, over the past year during COVID, as many of you know, the numbers of homeless, the homeless community in Austin have swelled significantly. And the amount of people that we serve and continue to serve on our campus each and every weekend throughout COVID, sort of while you were sleeping in, in a way, has increased dramatically as well. And so Leah's going to talk about her, our, our heart for, for street ministry, what we do, how we do it, why we do it, and all that. She is amazing. You're going to be blown away as you hear from her story. She's a little bit of a modern day apostle in this area. She's on the news all the time, in contact with local po politicians, civic leaders, was just interviewed this week by Christianity Today for all of her efforts, what she's doing. We love Leah, love Lance, love their boys and their dog. Would you please come, uh, come on up here, Leah? And would you all please give a warm mosaic welcome for our very own Deacon, Leah Hargrave. Good morning, everybody. All right, I think I have the privilege of serving the most amazing group of people through Mosaic Street Ministry. So today I'm gonna to show you how we're literally the hands and feet of Jesus to the homeless in Austin. So this is my friend Chopper, and I love his shopping cart. And this is Gerald. And I took Gerald to DPS recently and he wasn't wearing his box, but he was wearing a mini skirt and a leopard print top. And I'm not gonna lie, we got a few interested looks from people while we were there. This is my friend, Rock, and he is my unofficial personal assistant. This is Mighty Mouse, and he would definitely give Gerald a run for his money in the fashion department. This is Country. He's practicing picking a lock, if you look closely, and I told him that he was not setting a good example for the youth of America, and he agreed with me. <laughs> Uh, this is, uh, most of the people that we serve have drug and alcohol addictions. This man that you see here has schizophrenia. And many of the people we serve suffer with mental illness and they self-medicate with drugs and alcohol. This woman was completely normal until she had a psychotic break six years ago. She thought her husband was trying to poison her. And now she suffers from paranoid schizophrenia and she lives under a bridge. So you've seen who we serve. But what does Mosaic Street Ministry actually do? So we were open every week during the pandemic. On Sundays, we serve breakfast and meet physical needs through clothing and camping supplies. We also develop relationships with friendship and prayer. So our goal is to show the love of Christ through small acts of kindness every week. You've probably noticed us in the parking lot. On some Sundays during the pandemic, we were up to around 120 people each week, but now we probably average around 50 to 60 people a week. And obviously a parking lot is not the best place to welcome people. It's not the most warm and welcoming space. So with your help, we hope to develop a space across the street that'll be relaxing and comfortable for our friends to be ministered to on Sundays. Friends that visit us get a bus pass that they can use during the week. And each week during the pandemic, I delivered food and water that the city of Austin made available. And I took it to camps under bridges and also to camps in the woods. We also partner with Lighter Loads ATX to provide showers, laundry, clothing, haircuts, and a hot meal on two Saturdays a month here at Mosaic. 
We also serve coffee. And I've heard that our coffee is amazing, and I've heard that our coffee is horrible. Uh, I don't drink coffee, so I don't really care, but we do serve coffee every week. <laughs> and so it actually takes an army of volunteers to keep everything running behind the scenes. Um, we have to sort and label and shelve and inventory all the clothing and supplies that we use. We give technology advice to friends that need it. And many of our folks work day labor jobs, and so we also provide work boots for them. We help with eye exams and prescription glasses. And this lady named Julie was so proud of her purple glasses, and then she promptly sat on them and broke them into pieces and lost the pieces so I couldn't replace them, and I was very frustrated with her. So a lot of our people have dental issues. We had a guy named Daniel that had a set of pliers and he would pull people's teeth with the pliers. And obviously we don't want that to happen, so we pay for dental visits when we can. Occasionally we pay for dentures. This is the only picture I had access to, but this is my friend Bill, it's a mugshot. And this is him after he got his new dentures and I think the transformation is just amazing. We take people to medical appointments. Um, unfortunately, the homeless don't always get the medic best medical care. They're not always respected when they show up in the hospital. So sometimes I kind of threaten the medical staff a little bit to show them that I mean business and um, I have a knife. I don't usually get it out, but I have it on hand just in case. So many of our friends don't have relationships with their family members anymore. So we try to celebrate special occasions like birthdays when we can. We also help people connect with resources like food stamps, health insurance, and social security benefits. We've become experts at helping people get their IDs, and I'm not ashamed to say that I bribe the local DPS workers with homemade chocolate chip cookies, and now the boss and I are BFFs. Have his personal phone number. Um, after I take somebody to get an ID, we often celebrate with lunch out, and I call it my concierge homeless service, and it's kind of famous. <laughs> so because we connect with so many people through the street ministry, I helped file for over 200 stimulus checks, and my kickback was about $100 per filing, which I thought was a pretty good deal. But no, I'm just kidding, I didn't charge anything. I, I did it all for free. And I was the most popular kid in school when I would show up under the bridge with a big stack of checks. So we have an opportunity to be a part of really important life moments. A lot of them are joyous, like this one when we got to water baptize one of our friends a few months ago. And sometimes it's heartbreaking. We mourned with a mom that lost her son, Daniel. He was only 35 years old. Actually, he was the one that had the pliers that would pull out people's teeth. And we planted a memorial tree that you can see at the front of the mosaic property for him. So we care, people, care for people when it's hot and we care for people when it's cold. Um, we cared for people during snowpocalypse. We were part of an effort in North Austin that housed and fed over 200 homeless people for a week. And I could tell you some really funny stories about that week, including some interesting damage and some alterations that were made to some of the hotel rooms. We had a missing TV, a fire in a room, a window removed from hinges, and some other interesting situations.
So sometimes Mosaic Street Ministry helps people leave town. That's actually called diversion in the homeless business. But this is Jack, and he's HIV positive, and he hadn't had a hug in over a year. He spent one night recently freezing in a porta potty under a bridge, actually right here at Spicewood. And he was tired and worn down and came here to Mosaic. And he started weeping when I told him that we could send him on a bus home to his mama. So I hugged him and prayed for him and put him on a bus home. Um, so that was an amazing day. So I've given you a big picture of what Mosaic Street Ministry does. Now I'm gonna get a little more personal. So I have a family plan at T-Mobile and I can have up to 10 lines on my family plan. So over the years, I've added a homeless friend or two or three to my family plan. And so I am picked a few people from my family plan to tell you about. So mine is a large and slightly dysfunctional family, but um, I wouldn't have it any other way. So this is Tim. Many years ago, when I first started working with homeless, I was determined to save him and get him off the streets. He used to always ask me for $20, and I finally told him, I'm never going to give you any money, but I'm going to give you something that's worth more than money, and that's my friendship. So I would take supplies to him. I made tuna sandwiches for him every Sunday for years. And for a while, he lived in the bushes along, one, along 183. And he lived in one bush, which was Condo A. And his friend lived in the bush next door, and that was Condo B. So I made a huge meal to celebrate his 61st birthday. I'd been cooking all day. And unfortunately, he had begun celebrating his birthday before I arrived, and he was passed out under a tree when I got there with all his food. And so I yelled at him a little bit and made him get up and eat some of his apple pie. So when he told me that his motto was buy low, sell high, I had to kick him off my family plan because I was unintentionally helping him with his business. And so, um, but since then I have picked him up from jail several times and sat with him in the hospital. One time I thought he was going to die and so I talked to him and wrote down the names of all of his family members and reached out on Facebook just sending messages hoping to connect with one of them. And about a year later I got a message from someone that put me in touch with his brother and he had been looking for Tim for 15 years. So one year I put him on my Christmas card because he and I are family and he carried that thing around in his backpack for about two years. And you can definitely see his declining health over the years. I actually thought Tim would live and die in the streets but he was recently pulled for permanent housing but he is incarcerated right now in Williamson County on a drug charge so I'm not sure how that's gonna pan out. But being um, involved in Tim's life has taught me that love endures all things, and it's not always easy. Now this is my friend Jason. Jason was a serious al alcoholic. Many times he couldn't walk. He would just pass out in his tent or on the concrete under the bridge. He couldn't take care of himself and his basic needs. His al alcoholism created many serious health conditions. He was close to death several times, but on his most recent stay in the hospital, he got sober. And he stayed sober for almost a year now. And he's now employed. We worked together to get his ID. It took a bunch of months and a lot of hard work, but I told him we'd get it done and we did. 
and he now lives in his own apartment. He pays his own bills. He's stable and happy, and he buys me ice cream whenever I go visit him, so that's a win in my book. And Jason has taught me that love is kind. This is Terry. I met Terry at Mosaic, but one day he called me when he and a friend were freezing under a bridge. So I went and picked them up and took them home and let them have hot showers and I cooked breakfast for them. He talked my ear off and told me the story of his life. He became an addict at age 14 and he's now 37 years old. When I took Terry to T-Mobile to get him on my family plan, he asked to stay in the car because he wanted to finish putting on his makeup. So I left him in the car, but in this photo, he's high on meth. Um, he's adopted me as his ma, is what he calls me. And we've had a lot of crazy times together. I rented him a storage unit and he got me evicted because he was sleeping in it. But he had changed the lock that I had put on the storage unit, so I had to go and rent bolt cutters to get into it. And uh, then I had to clean, clean all his stuff out and he had a lot of weird stuff in there, um, not to mention some uh, needles and other stuff like that. So I drove him to rehab in San Antonio and after rehab, he went to jail for a month to take care of a warrant. And then he moved into my house for several days. All he did at my house was drive me nuts and smoke cigarettes in the backyard. And he offered to do one chore while he was there and that was wash my car. And it took him about two hours and he didn't do that great of a job. So I'm not gonna lie, I was actually very happy when he moved out. So he was sober for about a week after rehab in jail before he went right back to his crazy drug life. And as I told him, it's hard to undo 20 years of addiction and 45 days of rehab. So um, he now lives in his own apartment though. And I'm still his mom. I was supposed to see him yesterday and I drove 30 minutes across town to go visit him and I knocked and he never answered the door and I knocked and texted and he never came to the door but he told me later he had dozed off. So um, Terry has taught me that love keeps no records of wrongs that others do. Oh, this is Charlie. When Charlie's guitar wasn't in the pawn shop, he would play on the corner for money. He loved Jesus and would often preach me a sermon. And at night, he would sleep on a piece of cardboard. Charlie was an alcoholic. He became a cracked addict in his 40s, and that caused him to lose everything. He lost his wife, his family, his home, his job. He even told me that he sold every piece of furniture out of his home to pay for his addiction. We got cataract surgery for both of his eyes and we were working on hearing aids. He said I was his human hearing aid because I have such a loud and annoying voice that he could hear me clearly. But um, Charlie, Charlie called me his best friend. So we were working on getting him into housing. But he died face down under a bridge when I was out of town. He was 69 years old. Charlie's with Jesus now, but I miss him every day. I still have a lot of voicemails on my phone from him and still listen to those sometimes. But Charlie taught me that love is always loyal and hopeful. This is Kevin. I met Kevin on a Sunday at Mosaic. He told me he wanted to work on getting his ID so he could get a job. So he got his ID. And he got a job at Wendy's making $8.50 an hour. 
He got all cleaned up before his first day of work. I told him I felt like a proud mama. And he said, I've never had a mom, Miss Leah, so I don't know what that's supposed to feel like. I helped Kevin get a better job at a landscape company where he now gets 15 bucks an hour. And he has to be at work at 6 a.m. every day. So I get up and drive him to work. And I actually didn't know that it's dark at 5.30 in the morning, but I know it now. Um, his little brother was killed in a gang shooting a week ago. And it could have easily been him if he wasn't where he is right now, working and moving forward in life. And Kevin has taught me that love bears all things, including early mornings. So you've met some of the Mosaic Street Ministry family and some of my crazy family. And I'll wrap up by telling you about Billy. You see him here. He was homeless for 17 years before we moved him into housing a month ago. There he is at his little home. And he has glasses now and a cat named Gizmo. Billy sometimes gets really impatient with me. He wants through his cell phone into the road because he was tired of waiting for me. I was taking too long to come to him. And then a car promptly rolled over the phone and broke it. But um, he texted me recently and first he said, after my dad passed on, I put all my problems to God. I used to not worry and I had patience. But after being on the streets for a long time, I don't know what happened to me. So time and time again, I showed Billy love and patience and forgiveness. Then just past, this past week, I got this text from him. He said, I'm starting to get the big picture when you love someone and you know they love you. Don't get mad or upset. Get patience. Love Jesus. So, so that's what you're helping me do and that's what you're helping us do. People are experiencing the love of Jesus Christ each week through the love and kindness of our team. We've loved a lot of people back in the day when we were in the lobby, and we love a, a lot of people right now out in the parking lot. But we're gonna love even more when you help us develop this amazing indoor-outdoor space across the street. And I just wanna thank you for partnering with us and making this dream for Mosaic Street Ministry a reality. It's amazing, and, and I hope you all, we all, won't miss the significance of what we just heard and saw and experienced. Jesus says, whatever you do for the least of these, you've done unto who? Said unto me, unto him, right? And that's what we do here. So thank you, Leah. We appreciate you so, so much. What a great, a, a great thing that we all get to do together through you. So secondly, I want to introduce someone that we all know and love. Pastor Wendell Williams is our pastor of student ministries here. He and his wife, Melissa, are both University of Texas graduates. Come on, UT. They've got four children together, three girls, and a new baby boy, a little, little uh, pandemic baby. And uh, Wendell here has been, uh, has been amazing, loving, serving. Can you imagine? I mean, we've all been through so much over the past year, but a especially our teens have been through so much. Imagine being in a leadership position where you're trying to steward and care for and, and love and serve and develop youth at a distance online, now thankfully back in person. And Wendell's gonna give you some updates as to what we've been doing and where we're going with our student ministry. And then we'll come back and tell you why that all matters too. So please give a warm welcome here for Pastor, is Pastor Wendell Williams. And with, listen, listen. Listen, you knew this was coming. <laughs> with, with, come on, with kicks like that, you know, you know he's going to be great. So anyway, we love you. 
I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, good morning or good afternoon now. First service, um, Pastor Rosalind leaned over to me and she said, they should have let you go first, man. I don't know how you're going to follow that. And she was absolutely right. Um, Leah, you, you and the team, y'all are, are real ones, man. Thank, thank you for all that y'all do. Um, and thank you, church, for partnering with them and with us to, to continue to minister internationally, to continue ministering here locally in the city of Austin and right here in our own backyard at Mosaic. Um, quick, quick question for you. Um, I, I, this is, you know, just a, a window thing. I've been listening to this same song probably for like four weeks now, like maybe five. And I listen to it over and over and over and over again. If anybody have a, a song like that, like... It's, it's just your jam. Like, you just put it on. It don't even matter what's going on. You just put that song on and listen to it again and again and again. Well, likened to that is, is how I feel about students, how I feel about middle school students, high school students. They're my jam. And when you try to explain your jam to somebody, right, if they haven't heard the song, right, they, you tell them, remember the part that goes? And they're like, no, no I, I don't remember that part, right? Like... But you guys, you get it. Our church gets it. That students, middle school, high school students, they are our jam. They're not just my jam. They're our jam. And I just want to share a few thoughts with you um, this afternoon in regards to, to what Mosaic Students is about. If, if you're joining us online for the first time or, or here in person for the first time, we, we meet uh, every Sunday right across the street in the student center, 9 a.m. for middle school students and 11 a.m. for our high school students and those students who are still joining us online. We have a, a hybrid service at 11 for them. And the, the first thing that we are about, Mosaic students, is we want to make sure that we keep the gospel on repeat. When it comes down to it, the gospel of Jesus is, is all that we have to see the lives of students transform. And, and the gospel is this, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins that he, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again, and that Jesus is alive. And we can celebrate that, and that's, that's why we do the work that we do. And if you, if you consider last March, March 2020, until now, March 2021, uh, just a couple months ago, Mosaic students met online via Zoom 52 weeks out of 52 weeks of the year. And these students got up got together to come together online and encourage one another to study the word together. We had high school students leading Bible studies, calling their friends to gather together online amongst all the other ways that they were meeting online. And before I get too deep in, if, if you're like, man, what was, what's going on with Pastor Wendell's mouth? Pastor Brett, y'all texted him first service. I'm okay. I had oral surgery a couple months ago, so that's, I apologize if it's unclear at all. <laughs> um, but thank you for, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I just want to give a shout out to, to all of our adult volunteers, our team members who week in and week out, week out met with them online. They led small groups, they led discussions, they prayed with students, encouraged students every single week. And in keeping the gospel on, on repeat, when we started to, to get back together, to come back in person, the way that played itself out, the way it looked in real life, I was, I was walking in the student center one day, uh, one Sunday morning, and a group of high school girls passing me by and they're walking really hurriedly. And I'm like, is everything okay? Like, where are you guys going? And they smile and they, they say, we're good. And they, they just nod and keep going. And what, what they were doing, I look up and I see a, a new student walking in, never seen her before. They're rushing towards her to go and welcome her as a first time visitor, as a first time student. And 
I, I knew what she was now getting ready to get, in, get into, right? Like this is, this is her first experience at, at, at a church after a year and some change of being at home and not being connected with other students in this way. And so our, our students, the, the, the gospel had penetrated them, their hearts in a way that was playing itself out in real life. And that's what we want to be about. Not just the, the information of the gospel, not just the facts of the gospel. We want to put that into action so that their lives can be transformed. And then they then want to see the same thing happen in other people's lives. That's why we keep the gospel on repeat. Second, Mosaic students, is, we're, we're about numbers, but not numbers that, that don't matter, numbers that do matter, numbers that help measure. And, and for instance, in a, a recent Barnes research study, more than 51% of, of adults no longer consider Christianity America's default faith. In the same study, they concluded that 64% of decisions for Christ are made before the age of 18. And 77% are made before the age of 21. But according to current estimates, only 4% of this generation will be Bible-believing Christians when they reach adulthood. For comparison, their grandparents' generation, 65%. Their parents' generation, 35%. So you see, our responsibility, our call, is to help students and families navigate not, not just what their faith looks like while they're here with us, but to prepare them for when they transition, when they graduate high school, to walk their faith out beyond graduation from high school, when they go on to whatever is next for them, to be able to, to, to identify what, what's a good small group for me to get plugged into, what's a good church, Bible teaching, Bible-based, biblically-based church for me to get plugged into. For them to be able to evaluate that and know what it looks like to connect with the congregation at the local level on their own. Not because it, it, it's new, but because they've done it here. Because you've done it with them. They know what it looks like. They know what they should be looking for. And as we continue to, to, to come to, to full capacity and, and having students gather here at Mosaic, we're, we're adding students. Every single fall, we add 15 to 20% more students. And we do that organically, and that's y'all's fault. Um, and if you've you know, ever, ever been around middle school students, middle school boys, middle school girls, sharing their feelings is a part of who they are, but that's not all they want to sit around and do. They want to get up and they want to do stuff. They want to play, and as, as Pastor Morgan dubbed it, we're gonna be creating an unbreakable space for breakable stuff to happen. And so, that means for students to be able to play dodgeball and to play basketball and air hockey and shoot darts with foam tips around the room. A hangout space that, that's inviting for them and that they get excited about to invite their friends into. And it's not just so we can break stuff though, right? It's also so we can gather together, meet, connect in smaller groups and have space to be able to share their hearts and what they're dealing with, what they're struggling with, what they're battling through when it comes to their faith and in their lives with one another and our small group leaders. Also in that space, another thing we're about is, is getting messy. We'll be able to get messy. And we, we do that every single year at our annual summer camp, our Every Nation Youth Summer Camp, which is coming up, yeah, July 26th through July 30th. It's gonna be in the beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico, and that's for our sixth graders through 12th graders. We've got about 30 spots left, so if you are interested in going, you want your middle school student or high school student to go, we want them to go. Um, we wanna make that happen, so please please do go ahead and register. That's your 30-second your, your promo. But the reality is this, we, we say this all the time with camp, is that one week can change everything. 
And, and this week is a time for them to get away from distraction, to get away from all the stuff that's happened over the past few months and really focus and dial in on, on what God may be trying to speak to them, what the Holy Spirit is doing in their lives. And to see other students from around the region come together who are in middle school, who are in high school, trying to pursue Jesus as well. And so when we get messy, it's not just for the games and the competitions and, and the prizes sometimes. It's also... We do that, our, our adult volunteers do that because they, we know that getting silly, letting down our guard is gonna help them let down their guard as we get ready to walk into small group conversations. And you know, as we talk about, like, if you're not willing to jump into a, a kiddie pool full of pancake syrup and Captain Crunch, I don't know if we can rock with you, man. I don't, I don't we'll, we'll see what we can do. But we're, we're talking about young people, right? And, and young people have u- unique challenges unique personalities. Ministry is, is not a, relationships are not one, one size fits all, and neither is discipleship, and, that, and that's okay. And thankfully, again, our student ministry, our congregation, we understand that, and we're willing to be, build deep and authentic relationships with young people. So what, what's produced from that? Young people that are able to move out into the world with this, spiritual for, this part of their spiritual formation and their identity secure in Jesus. Young people who are able to move out into the world and know how to create culture. They know how to get involved in a college or campus ministry or like a church, local church, as I mentioned earlier, because they've experienced it here. And and I want to close by by sharing a a quick story with you. Um, A a family here, Callie and Sharif Rakhanov, and their their kiddos, um, they they invited me over for dinner um, and pre-COVID. And we're sitting at dinner and, you know, I, I'd never met them before previously. We, you know, he texted me and said, hey, my, my kids are going to be involved in the student ministry. I just want to get to know you. So we sat down and we, we began dinner. And I've never before then and not since then had an experience like this in my life. We sat down to a multiple course meal that Sharif had pre- spent all day preparing. And I'm sitting there and he brings out the food. And I'm like, man, this is, this is a lot. This looks awesome. And we start to eat, and I'm good. And, and then he brings out more food. I'm like, wait a minute, oh, wait a minute. And it is all, all of it is delicious. And if you know me, I do not eat everybody's food. So um, that's, a, that's a high compliment. Like, it, it was delicious. But in the, in the course of the few hours that we were gathered together, eating and talking and listening to their story, their front door was swing open, swing closed, swing open, swing closed. And I don't know if y'all's grandmothers were like my grandmother, but you don't just let the door open and close, open and close. You get that statement, right? Close the door before you let all the air out, run my light bill up, et cetera, et cetera, cetera, right? So constantly, kids are coming in, and it's not their kids. Like, I'm like, where are these kids disappearing to? They go to the back room, they go back. Then some of these kids start to come and sit down at the table. They start to join in with us eating dinner. So they're asking questions, they're talking. Calorie and Sharif are just checking in on them. They get up from the table, they go back to what they were doing. And I'm amazed. I got to know half of their neighborhood sitting down for a two hour dinner with them. But they were living out the gospel. They had the gospel on repeat. They were willing to get messy. And that's what, that's what it takes, that's what it looks like. And for our, our student ministry, that's, that's also what we're about. I wanna continue to be a part of, of lives of our students and families that are willing to do that. It's a lot, I know, but it's so worth it. 
Every single person in here recognizes this and knows to some degree that it's worth it. You're here, you're sitting here right now because it was worth it for somebody else to share it with you. So I pray that you continue to partner with us, you continue to walk with us in this as we disciple this next generation. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Wendell. Appreciate you so much. So thankful for you, so proud of you. Um, we just appreciate you so much. What a great job that you're doing and excited to have all your teens coming back. Listen, your teen needs to go to that camp this summer. I'm telling you, change your life. Um, let me just close here by asking and answering three questions and sharing a quick scripture with you, okay? Those questions are in this order. Number one, you're probably asking, what are you talking about doing? What are we gonna do uh, with our space here? Number two is, how much does it cost? <laughs> and three, maybe you're asking, how can I get involved? And I hope you're asking that one. So let's go through that quickly. We wanna do three things on our space here, on our property, all over across the parking lot in Building C. First of all, you saw this shot, this photo from earlier, is that little driveway there is on the far right side as you face Building C. So right across the parking lot. And that area down the side of it, we like to clean all that brush out, clean all the bushes out, keep those beautiful trees, of course, but clean all the brush out. It's going to give us another 10 to 12 feet over to that fence to allow us to create a very welcoming, hospitable, landscaped area to serve a homeless community on Sundays. We're not relocating them. We're not, quote unquote, getting rid of anyone. This is at their request from that community and from our leaders to create this space to serve them and show them hospitality every week. So we want to do something that's landscaped on that side. Secondly, on the other side of that wall uh, is an unrenovated, unfinished finished space that we have in Building C that we'd like to tr transform into an office space for Mosaic Street Ministries, as well as a supply area. Obviously, if we're going to minister to that community over there, we need space for offices and supplies to be able to do that, okay? So that, that's going to be in that space. Now, currently, you'll see some stuff along the floor. Our students have been using that area a little bit to do some of that breakable stuff. Therefore, they're going to need to be relocated into this space, which is now on the right side of the student center. If you've been in the student center, that wall on your left is the right wall in the room, if that makes sense, okay? So again, to, to the right of the student center is this unfinished area. Go ahead and show the other picture. Just across the way, that will be uh, with new paint, new carpet, new baseboards, all that finished out, new ceiling tiles. That'll be our unbreakable space for the breakable stuff that they're gonna need to do, all right? So we got a landscaped area, number one. We've got an office and supply area for street ministry. And third is a new space for teen ministry in addition to our amazing student center, which we have over there. All right, that's number one. That's what we want to do. Number two, you're asking, well, how much is it going to cost us? Here it is, exciting price tag today for all of this for only $65,000. That's our goal today, $65,000. This is actually a tremendous price. We don't have to go looking for a facility. We don't have to find a building. We don't have to put rental income. It's all here for pennies on the dollar right here in our own space because, again, it's all unrenovated, unfinished. God's given us this space for stuff like this. So we've gotten the bids. We've talk to the contractors. We got it all ready to go. All we need is you and a portion of your stimulus check. Yeah. Glory to God. That's right. Listen, I just got back from South Africa. They've obviously, they are going through COVID challenges, ethnic strife and tension, but unlike the U.S., their government 
isn't able to print and money and make it appear in people's bank accounts. So who knows, but that you've received that check for such a time as this. And so that's our goal of $65,000. All kidding aside, I'd hope that you would please consider partnering with us in this. Um, we're hoping to receive all, if not all, most of the money today, tomorrow, the next few days. We'd love to be able to start construction on this ASAP because as we all come back in this space, it's necess necessitating all of this uh, change and relocation transformation etc. All right, $65,000. Number three, how can I get involved? Here you go. You're welcome to give online today or on our app. All you got to do is select building from the drop down menu and put your money in just like that. Or third, of course, you can stop by these giving tables at the front entrance on your way out today if you're in the room. Of course, if you're online today, you can give online or on the app. Let me close with this one quick scripture here. This is gonna be from the book of Philippians. A quick encouragement to you. If you don't know, Philippians was the Apostle Paul's letter, thank you letter, for the financial giving that the church in Philippi had done for him and for his ministry. I just wanna read a few verses to you, exhort you, and Pastor Rosalind's gonna close us. This is from Philippians chapter one, verse three. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray, I love this word, with joy. Because of your partnership, it's talking about their money, your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, it's plural in the Greek. If Paul were a Texan, he'd say, in y'all. A good work in y'all will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He says, it is right for me to feel this way. See the connection between feeling, generosity. Feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And I wanna tell you, I have you in my heart. I have this church in my heart. I know our elder team does, our staff does, our deacons do. We have you, Church of Mosaic, in our heart today. And whether, Paul says, whether I am in chains or defending or confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. So today, I hope, out of affection for your local church, belief in this vision, that you would consider being a partner in the gospel with us in this way. Hope you can say amen to that. Can we do this? Yes, we can. All right, would you stand on your feet? I'm gonna take a moment. We're gonna pray and believe God together for this money to come in. Pastor Rosalind will dismiss us. Lord, we just ask you today to meet us in this place, asking you to, to unleash and release generosity in people's hearts all across Austin, to make this dream of new space to serve our community and to serve our teens, the next generation. Lord, would you make this happen? I thank you for providing for us. We just agree in faith and receive all that you have, trusting you to be our provider in all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more info about how to get and stay connected to Mosaic Church, please visit us online at www.mosaicchurchaustin.com or download our app from your app store.